Hey everyone, welcome to the Revive West Des Moines podcast. I'm Jamie Richards, the Young Adult Minister at Hope West Des Moines. What you are about to hear is the live recording from Revive West Des Moines this past week. We hope you can connect with God and the good life that God has for you through what you hear in this message. Give it a listen. So, uh, can we give one round of applause, please, both for announcements, for the reading, and for all the awesome people that make Revive happen each week? Yes. For the more astute of you in the room, you'll recognize something. My name is not Jamie Richards. Um, Jamie gave me the okay uh, to, uh, to let you know uh, that she was under the weather today, and so she called me uh, earlier today and was like, hey, Chris, do you want to preach at uh, Revive tonight? And I was like, yeah, sure, that's totally fine. So we'll be praying for Jamie. She's, she's doing okay, just a little under the weather, and she covered for me when I got my second COVID shot a couple weeks ago. So we're, we're, here we are just doing a little Revive exchange. Super excited to be with you. If, you. if we haven't gotten the chance to meet, my name is Chris Kimston. I am the young adult minister uh, as well as the missions minister at Hope Elam, the artist formerly known as Hope Des Moines, but now uh, we have merged with the Elam Christian Fellowship from the uh, over by the Capitol, and so now we are Hope Elam moved into the new building across the street from uh, from Drake University on the corner of 25th and University. It's it's a whole lot of fun. Feel free to swing by, and uh, we're grateful. For, I'm grateful to see all of you here. Uh, in our service tonight, as well as the folks online, uh, grateful to have you with us. And uh, Jamie was like, hey, Chris, do you want to preach tonight? And I was like, yeah, totally. Like, what are you preaching about? And she's like, you know, we're doing this series about, like, uh, next level adulting and, like, just kind of leveling up, like, being a more healthy adult. And I was like, yeah, that sounds good. I can do that. Oh, what do you want me to preach about tonight? And she's like, loss. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, totally. Everyone just has that one in their back pocket, right? And um, it's everybody's favorite thing. Loss is difficult for me uh, because, I, I mean, it's difficult for everybody, but the topic of loss is sometimes tricky, stereotypically speaking, in my personality. I know that you are an Enneagram-friendly location just because uh, Jamie is here. And so uh, I am a seven, an enthusiast. Any other sevens in the room? There's always a couple of us somewhere around here. And um, basically what that means is that... Um, I struggle uh, with a generally chronic joyful disposition. Like I always like, you know, there, there are some people who have, I tried to find a better way to say this, like resting angry face is the way I'm allowed to say it in this building. And I'm saying like some people struggle with that. Resting what? Yes, that. And uh, so um, I struggle with the opposite, which is uh, I have resting someone just offered me Skittles face. And so I'm like, yes, let's do this. And the reason that I go into this and why I'm talking about myself is not because I'm a narcissist usually, but is because as we talk about loss, sometimes we think that loss is for folks who are just, like, there are some people who struggle with loss and some people who don't. We think, oh, there's some sad stuff that sad folks feel and then there's, you know, the people who are just kind of able to, to make their way through. And regardless of how you look on the outside, um, whether you are Eeyore or, or like myself or somewhere in the middle, 
uh, like most of us are, loss finds each and every one of us in a number of different ways. So tonight, what we're going to talk about is what loss actually is and what we usually get wrong about it. What loss actually is, we're going to talk about how we can engage with it, where God is in the midst of it, and then how we can go from there. Um, so the first thing, does that sound okay? Pers- feedback? Okay, cool. Great. Um, there will be a couple of participation points. I'm used to it, so just feel free to let me know. Now, first thing we need to talk about when we talk about loss and the thing that we often get wrong, what is loss? Like, what actually is it? And the important thing to get right out of the way is what it's not. So we're going to dispel a couple of issues that I take with the way that we talk about loss a lot of the time. Loss, first point, doesn't just have to do with the death of a loved one. A lot of times if somebody's dealing with loss, that is the way that uh, a lot of times loss does show up for many of us. But if you say you're experiencing loss, then you're like, oh, I'm so sorry, who passed away? Oh, I'm so sorry, what physical loss of life are you experiencing in your family? Um, There are a lot of different ways that we experience loss. And in fact, being a young adult in this quarter-life stage of things, however you'd like to refer to it, it means that you're dealing with loss in a number of different ways simply because of your stage of life. Sure, we're all at a time where the classic understanding of loss, losing a loved one, sure, we're all at um, kind of around that stage of life where if you haven't lost grandparents yet, that is something that is a real reality. Uh, I myself lost a grandparent earlier this year. Um, So sure, maybe that happens that way. But also, we're seeing our parents and we're seeing our mentors, the people that we love, the people that we looked up to, the people that raised us, we're seeing them enter a new stage of life. All of a sudden, the people that we love and we know and that we look up to are a little bit older than they used to be. They're entering a different stage where maybe there are some more limits on what they're able to do uh, as we enter a new stage of life, so are they. And we could be mourning the loss in that sense of the way that things used to be. Because maybe we're seeing that those who raise this encounter some challenges like they haven't before. They're still there. They're still here with us, but it's, it's different. Maybe you're mourning the ease of relationships that's been afforded to all of us in the majority uh, pieces of our lives. I think I've been here before and I've talked about automatic communities before. Um, and I, it's one of the things I think is really important and often overlooked for young adults. You see, Most of us, for most of our lives, uh, spend a lot of time in a school system, whether it's private school, uh, you know, uh, public school, anything. Uh, As we were raised, we were put in these kind of automatic communities where we were put into classes and groups of people who are literally in the same stage of life as you, as you learn to do uh, life together, as you learn how things work in the world, you have an immediate community of people. The people that you were best friends with were likely the people that lived near you or that you were in class with, right? That community was automatically provided to you. you. You gathered in groups of people that are in the same stage of life as you for years and years and years. And then, once you graduate high school, if you went to college, you're even grouped with people who want to do the same things in the world as you as a college major and in areas of focus and areas of study. You're not just grouped with people who are a similar age. You're grouped with people who have the same passions and talents and oftentimes worldview. And then we graduate 
whether it's for high school or college or, or trade school or whatever that situation was for you, and then you would get thrown into a job, into a profession, into a department of a big company downtown for a lot of the folks at, at Des Moines, and in a setting where you could go all day, maybe all week, without ever interacting with somebody in the same stage of life as you, and yet there are young adults who say to me and say to Jamie and say to everybody, hey, it's weird, I just feel so disconnected. Of course you feel disconnected. You just spent the last 18 to 22 years, depending on how much grad school and student debt you want to get yourself into, you just spent all of that time and money being in a completely automatic community, and all of a sudden you're like, where did all the friends go? It's because as young adults, we have to work at that community. We have to work at those friendships. And so I'd just like to commend all of you, both here and online, you said yes to doing that exact thing that was afforded to you for a long time. But when you're feeling that loneliness, when you're feeling that disconnectedness, when you're feeling all of that, you're like, what? this, what's this bad feeling? You're dealing with loss. You're dealing with the reality of loss, whether that's sadness, whether that's loneliness, whatever the feeling is, you're dealing with a situation of the way that things used to be. That actually leads me to the next thing that loss is not. Loss is not a feeling. Fun fact. A lot of us are like, man, I'm feeling loss. I mean, possible, but uh, maybe not quite as precise as we want it to be. There's this great movie, and I'm pretty sure one of the last times that I preached here, I used a clip from this movie, and unabashedly, it's because I love it, and so you can just like deal with it, but uh, anybody who's seen the movie Inside Out, so Inside Out is great, yes, yes, I'm using a Pixar movie, again, get over it, the, um, it's all about this, this is a movie that's maybe the best movie of all time about mental, uh, kind of emotional health. And what it deals with is this little girl named Riley who is dealing with kind of the beginning of adolescence and right towards the beginning of that stage of her life, they move from the great state of Minnesota to the state of California, also great but different. And she's dealing, the main characters are the kind of five emotional centers of people. And even though you are not just entering the stages of adolescence, even though you are not, uh, have j not just moved from Minnesota to California, at least I'm assuming that is safe, maybe online, folks let us know in the chat, uh, and you are not an animated character. Regardless of those three likely true facts about you, this movie has a lot to say with what we as young adults in central Iowa in 2021 are dealing with. Let's take a look. Friends, huh? I know, I'm kind of nervous, but I'm mostly excited. How do I look? Very cute. You gonna be okay? You want us to walk with you? Mom and dad, with us in public? No, thank you. Yeah, I'm on it. Nope, I'm fine. Bye, Mom. Bye, Dad. Have a good day at school, monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day, sweetheart. Are you sure we want to do this? In we go! Okay, going in! Yes! Okay, we got a group of cool girls at two o'clock. How do you know? Double ears pierced, infinity scarf. Whoa, is she wearing eyeshadow? Yeah, we want to be friends with them. Let's go talk to them. Are you kidding? We're not talking to them. We want them to like us. Oh, yeah. Wait, what? Almost finished with a potential disasters. Worst scenario is either quicksand, spontaneous combustion, or getting called on by the teacher. So as long as none of those happen. Okay, everybody. We have a new student in class today. Are you kidding me? Out of the gates, this is not happening. Riley? Would you like to tell us something about yourself? No! Pretend we can't speak English. Don't worry, I got this. 
Uh, okay. My name is Riley Anderson. I'm from Minnesota, and now I live here. And how about Minnesota? Can you tell us something about it? Well, you certainly get a lot more snow than we do. <laughs> <laughs> She's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it gets pretty cold. The lake freezes over, and that's when we play hockey. I'm on a great team. We're called the Prairie Dogs. My friend Meg plays forward, and my dad's a coach. Pretty much everyone in my family skates. It's kind of a family tradition. We go out on the lake almost every weekend. Or we did till I moved away. Hey, what gives? What? Hey, sadness, you touched a memory? We talked about this. Oh yeah, I know, I'm sorry. Get back in your circle. What's going on? Get out of there, Joy. We used to play tag and stuff. Cool kids whispering at three o'clock. No. Did you see that? Look, oh, no. they're judging us. Somebody help me grab that But everything's different now since we moved. Oh no. We're crying at school. Sadness, what are you doing? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. So, if you notice, wouldn't it be just funny I just play the rest of the movie? Like, we're here, like, for the rest of the night, and we just, like, watch the movie. Um, if you'll notice what happened, all those emotions that are there, the main, the main kind of emotional cores, and you could subtract or add any of these, but I think it's a really good kind of gambit. Um, there's, there's anger. There's disgust. That was Minnie Kaling's character, the green character. Uh, there was sadness, played by uh, the girl who the the actress. I apologize, I'm not sure of her name. Who plays Phyllis in The Office? If you recognize her voice, uh, there's joy, of course, and there's there's worry. Um, now, what you might notice is that there's no loss character. There's no like character that's the emotional center of loss because what we're watching in that scene are all the characters, those emotional centers, struggling to contend with each other in the reality of loss. We're watching loss, the situation, and all of those emotions playing and firing all at once to try to struggle to gain control of the situation. And this is the exact thing that happens to each of us. And the really astute thing that happens in this video is you see a happy, joyful memory, the process of loss, all of a sudden a happy, cherished memory gets felt a different way. All of a sudden, in the midst of, of worrying about what you're going to feel like, at the same time of, of uh, uh, being disgusted that people might not think well of you, they're facing the sadness of the changes of things going on, all while the joy of remembering the good things that have happened. All of those things are being able to feel you're able to feel at one time. Uh, I didn't make a, a, a slide of this, but I just feel like maybe it's important to say this for somebody. You're allowed to feel more than one thing at one time. In fact, if you don't, I'm kind of worried. You can feel more than one thing at the same time, as is often the case when you're dealing with loss. Loss is not this thing that's only about death, as we said. Loss is certainly not a feeling, but what is loss? At the core, loss is the acknowledgement of change. Really, if we boil it down, loss is the acknowledgement. It's the knowledge that things aren't the same way as they have been, and they're not going to be. They're not going back to the way that they were before. 
And that's where all the feelings come back, is kind of the finality of knowing that while certain things could kind of go back to what it was before, loss means that it's not ever going to be the same. Loss is the acknowledgement of change. And just like in the movie, all of those different emotions are playing all at the same time. We can be excited about the possibilities of moving to a new city. We have a lot of folks uh, at Revive Des Moines specifically, shout out to any of you listening on the podcast for and whenever and wherever you might hear this. We have a lot of folks from Revive Des Moines who have moved in the last year because a lot of folks living downtown end up moving. We've had three or four different states represented that people have moved to. You can be excited about the possibility of moving to a new city or maybe somebody in here just started a new job and you're like, yes, I'm so excited kind of for the new possibilities of what this could potentially look like. And you can also feel sad at the coworkers that you're leaving behind. You could be you could mourn the loss of those old favorite spots that you'd love to frequent, like that coffee shop that was like your spot in your old city. You're excited about the new stuff you're going to find, but at the same time, you're allowed to, within the midst of that excitement, mourn the loss of the fact that you're not ever going to be able to go back there like you have before. Things aren't going to be the same, and it's a complicated feeling. You can feel anger at a relationship that's ending. Maybe somebody is in the midst of that. You can feel anger at a relationship that's ending, a uh, romantic friendship or otherwise. And you can also feel the relief that, that of the tension that that f- daily fight, that, that, that the bad situation of the, the end of a relationship is over. And you can feel both of those things at the same time as just this underlying sense of sadness that the connection that you once felt with somebody is no longer the same. You can feel all of those things at once, and they can all be true simultaneously. So now that we've talked about what loss is, right? Loss is the acknowledgement of change. And recognize that pretty much all of us are dealing with loss uh, in some sort of way, and all the emotions that are involved with it, right? We're all going through certain levels of change. If you're like, no, nothing has changed for me, I'm like, what are you doing? Um, because in any, because change just doesn't just happen through us, it also happens to us. It is not always voluntary. Uh, oftentimes in this stage of life, it is not given, you're not given the option that you got demoted. You're not given the option that the other person's not interested in the relationship anymore. You're not given the choice of a sickness that all of a sudden hits you. We're not given the option of whether or not a pandemic is really convenient for the last couple of years or so. We're all going through this different sense of change and therefore different senses of loss. So I'm told that this church thing is all about like talking to other people and like connecting with other humans. Uh, this is a new idea uh, that somebody that somebody uh, suggested to me. So uh, there are going to be times. Uh, one is coming in about 32 and a half seconds. Uh, we are going to spend a couple of times in discussion, and so you're going to turn to your neighbor in just a second. Prepare yourself emotionally. You're going to turn to a neighbor and tell them your name if they don't already know it, and. Um, Maybe you're not somebody who's, I'm not saying share your deep, darkest loss, no. Maybe you don't have like a a dark night of the soul, right? Like maybe for you it's like more like a shady afternoon of the mind. Like, you know, like it's, it's not quite that deep. But what I do want you to talk about is what's changed for you recently? 
What change is going in your life? Maybe somebody, maybe your bestie at work is just like moved on to another job. It's like kind of hard right now. Maybe you started a new job. Maybe you moved. Maybe uh, you're excited about the new possibilities of, of uh, not having to be masked everywhere in a couple of months as, as things hopefully continue to progress. Whatever that is for you, find your neighbor. We're going to give you a couple minutes for this. So like do it. Also, there's no like wall here so I can like see if you're doing it. Uh, so uh, turn to a neighbor. Uh, you can be in little groups. You're adults. You can figure it out and tell them what's been changing in your life and how is that going. Go to it. Alrighty, I hope that you enjoyed having some time to chat with each other. And as we all kind of recognize, I think there's some power in going like, oh, look, there's somebody like another human being dealing with many of the similar things that we are. It might be because we're, might be because we're in the similar stage of life. Uh, revive, validated. There it is. So um, thank you all for being vulnerable. I know it is not always easy if you uh, connected with somebody that you don't usually talk to. That's what this is about. And uh, there's also, I just want to acknowledge in the room that there, there's anxiety around those things. We're going to all have to actively work against that anxiety as we start to reintegrate with the world around us with, with, uh, with COVID stuff. Like you're like, man, I haven't been outside my house in like a year and a half. Like if you're feeling anxiety because of that, it is not because you're socially inept. It's because you are socially conditioned with a survival instinct uh, to, to try to withdraw from other human beings. And that was the right choice at the time. But I just wanted to acknowledge in the room that if you're feeling anxiety over like coming back into everyone else, that's a really like a valid thing and give yourself some space for that. So now that we kind of know we're all kind of dealing with this uh, this sense of loss and used in a number of different ways, we can look at where God is in the midst of all of it. So feel free, take out your physical Bibles if you're a physical uh, flippy page Bible person. Um, if you use your internet rectangles, pull that one out as well. Um, go to it. We're going to go to Ecclesiastes. Great word. Ecclesiastes. I put it on the screen. Did I spell it right? Probably. Um, yeah, I went to seminary. Um, Ecclesiastes, uh, we're going to go to chapter 3. Go ahead and just Google it. If you don't have a Bible app, uh, the uh, version Bible app is really, really great if you need my suggestion or endorsement. Uh, but you can even just Google it. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And as you look that up, I'll give you a chance to find it. Ecclesiastes is one of the three books of wisdom. So there's like the Gospels, the one named after people's dads, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, there's uh, the Old Testament books of, you know, uh, Exodus is the story of the great uh, kind of migration of people of the nation of Israel, God's chosen people from slavery into the promised land and goes, that story continues over a number of different books. Well, the books of wisdom are these non-stories, essentially collections of uh, poems, uh, pithy responses, uh, fortune cookie worthy uh, pieces of information. It's important to note that they're also written by a specific group of people in a specific group of, uh, in a specific time and place uh, by God's chosen people. And this is wisdom that they had uh, kind of gathered through what God had been doing in their lives. So I hope you are at Ecclesiastes 3 now. Uh, Michael Jordan read it excellently for us, but I will read it again. Uh, so Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1, there is a time for everything and a time and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, 
a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a word interestingly translated there, and a time for war and a time for peace. Now this verse often, like our attitudes about loss, is often used by very well-meaning people in often very hurtful ways. So I'm sorry if that has been your case in the past. Because maybe you're somebody who has experienced loss and somebody, some God love them, a well-intentioned person says, you know, I guess it was just their time. Right? These are things that people say to like try to be emotionally supportive, and you say, that's really great, but it fe- I don't feel as a loved one like it was their time. I kind of wanted some more time. And there are plenty of issues of loss of when people die way too young, when there are accidents, when there are circumstances where people are taken seemingly way before their life should really be up. It's hard to hear it's their time. Because we all want some more of that. Or maybe uh, you, you lose your job and you're not quite sure what's going to do next. And somebody, again, um, God love them, is saying uh, something like, uh, man, God must really be showing you a lot of things during this season. God must be trying to teach you something during this season. And you're like, I receive that. And also, can God teach you this? And then you can just get the answers and tell me later. Like, this is not a lesson that I necessarily want to learn. Instead, the author of Ecclesiastes is articulating a different truth that we can all learn. And it's the point that I'm going to try very hard to suggest to all of us here the rest of this evening. One way to say it is this. Loss is the is the change to your outside circumstances. Loss is the change of your outside circumstances, but God's love is the unshakable truth to your internal reality. Loss is the change to your outside circumstances. God's love is the unshakable truth to your internal reality. Let me say this another way if that seems a little pithy or, or, or strange. No matter the changes that happen outside of you, things that you've done or the things that have been done through, like, like to you, to you or through you as I like to say, none of those things that happen on the outside, it cannot change the internal reality that you cannot shake the love of God. No matter what happens, and this is a terrible mistake that you made, a terrible mistake that you are are having to deal with the repercussions of that somebody else did, nothing that happens on the outside of you, no loss, no change, no major altering of your story can change the internal reality that the God of the universe made you and called you good before you could do anything else. There is nothing that can change the, the truth that Jesus died for you that Jesus saw you, and I, for time's sake, I will not make eye contact with each and every one of you, but I want to. Because God saw you and said you're worth dying for. And there is nothing that can change that internal reality. So as we experience loss, as the things that change around us, what Ecclesiastes, what this author is saying is that, listen, there's a time that all of these different things happen. 
There's a time where there's war. There's a time when there's peace. There's a time to be playing and a time to be hiding. There's a time, uh, did you catch the phrase? There's a time to be embracing and a time to withdraw from embracing for the safety of a lot of people. There's a time for all of those things, but the internal reality of God's love is something that never changes. You cannot shake the love of God. God gives us the full ability to choose Jesus, but if you're looking for the choice of whether or not to have God love you, I'm sorry that ship has sailed. That is not. God, I, I, I believe in a God of free will and a God that gives us the choice, but there's one thing we don't get a choice over, and that's whether God loves us or not. So the question is how we embrace that reality because um, something that's right after the verse that we read, you know, you have these kind of dichotomies of, you know, there's a time for this and a time for that. And basically it's saying all things under the sun are happening. A couple verses later it talks about, and the author says that God, uh, he, God has set eternity in human hearts, meaning all this stuff changes. All these things on the outside get altered but the one thing that never changes is that God writes, I love you forever in our very bones. And here's the thing. We spend so much time looking at all the stuff changing because a lot of times we have to. We can get so stuck on that that we forget the thing that doesn't change. We forget the thing that we are made to be. We forget the things that's written in our very hearts. And that's the idea that God sees you and loves you and will continue to choose you. God's love is that unshakable truth on the inside, no matter what happens on the outside. I'll invite Levi as I tell this story, and it's going to seem like a strange story, and I really struggled about whether or not I was going to tell this. Um, and I, forgive me if I, if I get a little emotional. This is going to sound bizarre. I recognize this. I haven't thought the best way to, way to do this. I experienced loss over this last, the, this last week. Um, when I was, I, I graduated from Drake University, go Bulldogs, and uh, in 2000, and uh, a date, and I'm just kidding, it was 2014, I'm 29, it's fine. But point being, uh, I was dating my now wife, uh, my senior year of college, and we thought, hey, do you know what's a good idea? Let's try to sustain something's life. Uh, let's, let's try to, like, let's learn how to take something, care of something outside of ourselves. And so, I bought a rabbit. That's right. I bought a rabbit, and I named it Tim Tebow. And so I had this, this little red rabbit, and I don't have a picture because I would lose it. And I would just, like, emotionally. Um, and so Tim, Tim Tebow was, a, was a, a great little rabbit. If you've never had a rabbit, uh, God needed to make something cute that makes that much fertilizer, if you know what I'm saying. But... Um, Tim was great. We took him to nursing homes because he was super gentle. He'd hop around and people just, like, he was the color of a fox. Like, he was a red rabbit. He's a very handsome gentleman. And um, that was, like, a bizarre season of life, right? Uh, we got engaged that spring that we got Tim. And uh, my daughter is going to turn two this summer. Like, completely different stage of life. We've moved to Minnesota. We've come back. I've graduated college and grad school, and we've had different jobs, and we've bought houses and gotten dogs and all of this, but the thing that has been the same through all of it is this funny little rabbit in the corner of the room, and a couple weeks ago, uh, Tebow quit eating, and um, I was going to take him to the vet. You know, what, what's, you know, is there anything we can do for this, this rabbit, right? And... Um, a week ago on Monday, I walked down and 
It's a grown man crying over a rabbit. And uh, Tebow was gone. And it was hard. And I felt like a fool because I'm like, Chris, you're an adult man. This is a rabbit man. Um, And the interesting thing in reflecting on this, I was feeling this sense of loss. Kelsey, my wife, said to me, you know, we, we joke about, you know, how smelly the rabbit could be, or we got to clean the rabbit's cage, or we got to do this or that. And she said to me, she said, Chris, I, I'm really sad that Tebow's gone. I said, I am too. You know, that morning, I had just gotten my COVID shot the day before, my second one, so I had a fever. I walk out in pajama pants and a shovel, and I entered a new stage of dadhood where I've buried an animal in the yard. And I remember carrying my little friend outside, And what that was in that moment is I was seeing all of it, seeing loss. Because when I got Tebow, it was before the, it was before COVID-19, it was before the jobs, it was before the kid, it was before the moving, it's before we owned a house, it's before we had a full-time job, it's before uh, we were just two kids who loved each other a whole lot. And I saw all of that and it can be really overwhelming. The reason I'm telling you about a rabbit is not to make you feel bad for me. It's to say this. We are in a season of life in which we are constantly faced with the changes that are happening to all of us. And it can be really overwhelming. And that's okay. Because so many things change. So many things are different. There's a time to mourn and there's a time to, to, to cheer. There's a time to dance and there's a time to be really serious. There's a time for all of that. And as we process all of that, we can feel all of those feelings. But the truth at the center of all of us gets to go. We can step back and go, God, thank you for the things that have been. What do you have for me next? We can hold our loss, our remembering, and take it as the gift that it is and lead to the next thing. Because that unshakable reality never changes. I also lost my grandpa this year, so lest you think I'm just crying over a rabbit, it's been, it's a hard year for a lot of us. We've lost friends, we've lost agency and the ability to do the things that we love. And no, things will never be like they were before. And maybe you're feeling that loss as well. But the truth is that God is no farther away than God has ever been before. God sees you no less, and God is no less leading you to whatever that brilliant thing he has created you and uniquely you to do. So the question in the midst of loss is, God, what do you have for me next? Amen. May we be able to see what that looks like. May we be able to hear that call and to confidently walk with feet on the path in front of us. That's something that we get to do together as a community and get to do in each moment, welcoming God every step of the way. We have some discussion questions we're going to jump into for all of that. But first, another way that we often remember what's true about us is through this ancient old practice of communion. See which, if I can find which pocket I put this in. Ashley gave me one. So feel free, uh, take out uh, what Jamie referred to earlier as the Lunchable. Uh, Feel free to take out your communion cup. 
And before you take it, let me tell you a story about it. On the night that Jesus died, that he was sold out, that he was betrayed, he was with all of his friends. And he took bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you, take and eat. And when you do this, remember me. Likewise, after dinner, he took the cup and he said, this wine is the, my blood shed it's for the promise that I'm making to you. Take and drink and it's for the forgiveness of all, for you and for all forever. Take and drink and do it in remembrance of me. And likewise, they also prayed the way that Jesus taught us to pray. And so we will pray that now. I invite you to stand. And I believe, yes, so the the words are going to be on the screen. We'll pray these words together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. So I invite you to take off the top layer here. And remember, this is us talking about who you are. Friends, this is the body of Christ, and it's broken for you. Take and eat and do it in remembrance of Jesus. And then peel back that second layer. Friends, this is the blood of Christ shed for you because he loves you. Take and drink and do this and remember. God. Friends, please know that now that we've come to the table together, to God's table, that you have encountered God's forgiveness because that is who God is. So we are going to do a couple of things. Uh, First of all, we're going to have a little bit of a discussion here at the end. I told I'd give you time for that, and then we're going to sing one more song as we celebrate together. Uh, But I want to make sure we have a little bit more time to process through some of this. I know this can be really heavy, uh, but it's always good. So let me pray for us before we go into that. Lord Jesus, we thank you for being a God that sees us. God, you see the changes going on. You see the struggles. You see the little things that drive us absolutely insane. We wish that things could just be a little different, and some of us wish things could be a lot different. We're wishing both of those things at the same time, about so many different things in our life, God, but the one thing that we don't wish was different is the fact that you love us. So God, in the midst of our struggles this week, because there'll be something, in the midst of that, may we not get distracted by the swirling changes that happen around us. May we look inward and see the way that you made us and see that very great sentence of you are good, that you are worth dying for, that you are loved. May we see that and feel that in a new way this, this week, God, each and every one of us. It's in your good name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Amen. So you can be seated. Um, here are discussion questions that we're going to have here at the end. Um, What is a change that you would like to see in your life? So we talked about change as a negative thing, and maybe you think of all change as a negative thing. Maybe you're somebody like me, and you're like, oh, new is usually better. Um, But we all want things to be a little bit different. What is a change that you'd like to see in your life? Because chances are, to see a change that you want, there's also some loss that happens. There's often things, even if something's going well and something's changing, sometimes there's still hard things about that. 
sometimes loss of some, in, some of the coping mechanisms that we have. Even if they're unhealthy, sometimes it's hard to get rid of those. And there can be a sense of loss around that as well. It can be a challenge. So what are some things that you would uh, like to see in your life, some, some changes? Where are you kind of aiming at these days? And then, number two, where might God be moving in some of the changes that you're seeing around you? I'm not asking you to paint rainbows and butterflies in the struggles that you're having in your life. What I am asking is, what is God doing? That's something that we always want to be looking for. It could be in somebody else's life. If you're not quite there with something you're struggling with, not a problem, right? We're going to give you a few minutes before the last song. We're going to jump in to these questions. Invitation is this. Take it as it were. As it were. Um, go ahead. Uh, get, get back into discussion with somebody and make it somebody else that it wasn't before. Uh, feel free to look the other direction. Um, we'll give you a few minutes and we'll be back with our last song. Thanks for listening, everyone. Revive West Des Moines happens every Thursday night at Hope in West Des Moines, and we'd love to connect with you on social media. So find us and let us know where you're listening from. And whenever you're in town, we would love to have you come to Revive and join us live. Peace out, Scouts.